Okay, because no, I get I get super paranoid. Because, I mean, <laughs> look at the computer. <laughs> no, it's yeah. I think um, no, we were. I think we were talking about how you know the the accumulation of sexual experiences throughout your life. If you were maybe to look at them, I think a lot of them are kind of bad, and I think it's rare to have good sex, but maybe. Do you think other people feel that way? Well, I don't know. So Sarah and I just decided to like whip out the mic because we were having a pretty fruitful conversation. It's been a weekend of G-talk, by the way. A weekend of girl talk. And I'm on the East Coast. I'm with Sarah right now. I have a wedding coming up and we're catching up. And we were just talking about... I mean, we've, it's a weekend of G-talk. It's a weekend of sweeping generalizations. <laughs> it's a weekend of binary thinking, black and white. Yeah. Um, but I think that we were talking about how, well, I kind of brought up, I don't know. We were talking about sexual experiences and Sarah said something which I agreed with, which is most, I would say most of my sexual experiences are are bad versus good. Yes. And I think what we need to look at is what you're defining as bad, because I think at the time in which I had them, I would have said they were good, but it's, and I think with time and you can reflect on it and you wonder like, what are the metrics that make good sex? And a lot of it is like, Mm. for me, it would be connection. Yes. Um, And so, you know, finding um, like with my, you know, current partner and fiance Dakota, when you have a deep connection with someone, I believe in my personal experience, you're going to have better sex. That's not true for all couples. That's whatever. But interesting. Yeah. When I look at college, a lot of it was fueled by alcohol, which is going to then maybe make you more uninhibited, which might make you feel more um, free, which can make you feel like it's good sex because you're not overthinking it. But I don't know if physically you're experiencing the same level of like sensation or like enjoyment. Well, I think a lot of it was fueled, which is kind of what started the conversation. About attention? By voyeurism, right? Oh, yeah. Attention, which yeah. we've talked about on the podcast before, this complex kind of experience for women that they learn at a very like young age whether it's like through media depictions or whatever that like being looked at male gaze is the ultimate form of attention yeah yeah and how that can really fuel Mm -hmm. um you know sexual interactions yeah and and excitement Absolutely. And and this isn't to shame that or to say that's wrong or that's not valid. But the the problem is, is if you aren't getting that and you used to, then what outlet do you have to feel wanted, seen? And we talked about the difference between mm. being looked at and being seen and in, the, in the lens of like social media, Instagram. Yeah. And we Expand were ta- on that. So that we blew my mind. Well, we were talking about how, you know, at, when you're younger, you are the goal is seeking attention and you seek attention in both maladaptive ways, like crying, yelling, being in a bad mood as a kid. And then as a teen, you get attention different ways. And then when you go through puberty, a lot of the attention you can get as a woman is through your body and how you look. Um, And that is a cheap way of getting attention. Oh, hello. (laughs) No, it's a cheap way (laughs) because it's pretty quick, but it's not super meaningful. 
and but you're going to get it. And the more you get that type of attention, the more you're going to need it to make you feel fulfilled by it. Well, it's interesting because that's why, like, you know, if you ever see like teenagers, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm thinking specifically teenage girls, not to like, um, you know, throw them under the bus. But that it, 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 it I'm just saying like in more of like kind of a factual way, you'll <laughs> you'll see like teen girls will see like, oh, this is powerful. Like, yeah my body can like do things and it can lure people and make people like me or, or, or think they like me or want me. And that's a good feeling of getting attention. And that's going to fill a certain cup inside someone in which they're feeling wanted. They're feeling needed. They're feeling desirable. And we're sold to be fuckable as young women. And to this day, Sarah, I mean, to this day, I've seen us or whomever we're with try to get into a bar or whatever and just being like really smiley and nice. Yeah. It gets you like in or at least gets you like special treat. I don't fucking know exactly, but it is part of the mechanism of attention attention yeah. and and so we we were highly critical like you neither of us have a personal instagram so neither of us are putting our lives on display for that attention <laughs> yeah right and again now this is not a judgment on people who do it but it is i think it's okay to look at something within our culture with a critical lens and and you look at young people on it and how they're getting attention women our age who are on it getting yeah. attention and specifically through using their body Um, and, you know, I, we mentioned this on the pod before in which, you know, when I, when I was younger, especially when I was really kind of exploring like what the attention I would get from my body, like, especially like my boobs or, you know, and, and really liking that and feeling like, oh, that's a way I can get attention from men. And then now having something. And so I wanted to be looked at, but in order to be seen, you know, being at a dinner party and being able to tell a funny joke or have a good conversation or be able to contribute to something, to create something that is more fulfilling. And because you're being seen as like an actual, you're being seen as a whole person, not just the outside of you. And for so many people, and this thing we've talked about a lot is that a lot of the times what, how people look at you and how you want to be looked at. A lot of people have such intense bodily insecurities that that form of attention is so fleeting because it's not going to fuel you into liking how you look. No. It's actually going to continue the reliance on other people validating how you look. Yes. And I think for women, that's really fucking hard because looks change. Well, and for men as well. And for men, absolutely. Yeah, but the thing that's like wild is we kind of got this conversation started because – Friday night we were in the city and you know we oh, ha- yeah. we had some friends in town from California like it was like a mini reunion of Michigan people from college and we got dim sum and then we went to go dancing and mm-hmm. you know this was also like people we danced with when we were younger like it just was really fun super nostalgic we, like really fun we went to this bar in Williamsburg called Chow Chow. Chow Chow. It's a great, if you're in New York City, it's a great place. It's in Brooklyn. Fun dance floor. And it has like a Saturday night fever, like some of the set. Yeah, the, the, the dance floor is the dance floor from that movie. It's really small, which is what I really liked. It's intimate. Yeah, it's intimate. And, um, but we were on the dance floor. The DJs were amazing. It was like banger after banger. Like we were just kind of like, I was just, con- my body 
was just moving. I was stepping side to side and and and, and just I was, doing a I was doing a two step all night long in my white leather boots, you know, like, you know, really, I was like, oh, wow, this is so much fun to just dance. And then the fucking group next to us with these young girls, I thought and they boys. might and boys. And I thought like, oh, my God, are they wearing costumes? No, it's just their clothing. I'm not going to judge that. I have Trends to say, change just to interject which we talked about and I was talking about with one of our friends the other day, like yesterday morning, everyone looks so young in Williamsburg now. Like they look like they're out of high school or yeah. in high school. Yeah. So and that, but besides the point, the thing that was the most disruptive was the fact that they were taking nonstop pictures. Like solo pictures, not even group pictures, solo pictures that were like not posed. It was like, let me dance and be candid and kind of look at the camera, then look away. And I want you to get the good shot of me living in the moment when you're not actually in the moment. And I have to say, just to kind of play devil's advocate, I do appreciate on a side note, like friends, like <laughs> hyping you, you up. <laughs> have you ever seen me take a photo yeah, 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 or, yeah, or yeah. help Turn people get around. ready? Yeah, yeah. I will be there for you. I will take the photo. The problem is, is there's a fucking time and a place. And like, why can't you just dance with your friends and have that be like the core memory and that have that be all of a dance floor? They were monopolizing the real estate <laughs> and they were like, this is the fucked up part. Ready? They had three modes of taking photos. They had a disposable camera because oh, those are no, back an that. iPhone oh, and then a digital camera. What? They had three ways of taking photos, Gil. Oh my God. And it was all night long. And I was like, I, I mean, here's the thing. Maybe the photos aren't going online. Maybe it's just for the group and like, that's what it is. Okay, fine. But but what I think a lot of it is, is it's just being put online for other people's consumption. I think we need to also acknowledge that we are older and like, yes, inherently as you get older, you shit on the younger <laughs> generation because you're jealous. I mean, yeah, this is, com- <laughs> this is also coming from somebody who used to take 200 photos of my digital camera and upload them to one fucking Facebook album. I did it. I was it part was, of that culture at the time. It was different because people were like passing around the digital camera and, you know, in that yeah. party. But I, and there wasn't any of this like mise-en-scene of people like making sure the right light and that they're yeah. perfectly turning their head and closing their eyes so it looks candid. Like there wasn't all of this like stylistic art direction it, and like, like a curated just, life. Yeah. It is, as you said, I'm I was actively revolted. I was revolted by what actively I was Actively revolted. Yeah, and I but I, I'm highly critical of Instagram and platforms in which people are showing their highlight reel. Um, And, but because I'm somebody who likes getting attention, I like that kind of stuff. When I was on Instagram, I Mm. liked when I posted that. I know how good that feels Mm. and I know the validation. And maybe there are people who do this and it's not like a, 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 a problem, right? Like maybe they can exist and be like, I can put this online, still feel authentically myself, get attention positive ways. Like maybe that's just part maybe of the those culture. Unicorns exist. Yeah. But I, I think for a lot of people, it's, it's, I can assume that it's, 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 it's probably not fulfilling. I think what's more interesting is, um, the whole like economy part of this. Oh if yeah. If we were to, if Instagram was completely divorced of any sort of marketplace or it was, it was completely artistic and not no sponsorships, yeah. there was no monetary like 
you know, variable. And the commodification of love, your, just your general life. It would be still kind of gross, but like, and narcissistic or whatever, and self-indulgent. But when it comes to the, like, economy aspect of it, I look at people and I, I see them as even more desperate, even more eager, even more thirsty. Because did you recently... I think I heard this on a podcast, obviously, but there was some sort of like like a survey done on like young, like super young people, like probably like single digit age kids, and they were asked what they wanted to be when they grow up, and a really large percentage. I don't want to misquote the percentage. Did they say content creators. They wanted to be influencers. Oh my god! Now it's really easy to shit on that (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's that's low hanging fruit (laughs) yeah that is just ready to shit on but because i was trying to say laura like don't be that grouchy like i think i heard on the radio even like 33 year old who's just ready to shit on it because influencer is a very broad term yeah there are people who review like, you know, different kind of putties you use in your home restoration. You know, there's very specific content. I've also follow a, for whatever reason, like uh, a lymphatic, like a uh, physical therapist on YouTube. Oh, so you're in the lymphatic influencer realm now. Yeah, I'm in the lymph, but she, she's a physical therapist. Yeah. And she has, it's very like, scientific youtube videos footnoted everything yeah and then she's making money based on either sponsorships or ad revenue and she's not doing any sexy shit she's literally like and even for like the physical therapy for my arthritic toe in case my in case our audience was curious i have an arthritic toe like i follow this influencer named jody i'm sure you guys have like she is or she's very big on youtube again it's not there's no thirst trapping whatsoever it's literally like here are different things you can do for different but ailments. Are we then That's an influence. But are, are we then criticizing essentially sex work? Like is is somebody who is posting photos of their body on Instagram in the space of sex work in which they are commodifying their body but on their own terms and like, what's the difference between putting pictures of yourself on Instagram and then, like, ha- having sex with people for money? Um, for uh, w- Which we've called this out before. I think the difference is, like, um, with OnlyFans, they're they're calling a spade a spade. They're not, like... Yeah. They're not, like, pussyfooting around, for lack they're of like- a better word. <laughs> 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 they're, they're literally, like... Yeah. I'm going to do this. I'm tapping sale. into this. Yeah. But I hate this. I think there was some comedian actually I, I saw or like someone on something on an Instagram story that was literally like, I hate seeing thirst trap after thirst trap, like literal cleavage in like on your bed, intimate candle lighting. Next thing you know, it's bathing suit photo. And then the next photo is like, my niece just graduated <laughs> high school. <laughs> like, I hate that shit. I know. Which is like. Stop trying to act like you're a 
person. Yeah. So my other question to you is, because sometimes I find myself falling into the category of being uber judgmental of things, but then still kind of participating them as a onlooker. And I don't want to be the someone who's like, you know, longtime lurker, like longtime complainer. You know? yeah, 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 <laughs> like yeah, sometimes yeah. I feel like I fall into that category yeah, where I'm constantly like watching people and being like judging them. Like get, get off yeah. of Instagram is like how I tell what is what I tell myself. And, and so that's what I think is like maybe <laughs> it's so and maybe this is our black and white thinking and yeah. that we're, we're like it's not necessarily bad or good. But I also think everyone should be critiquing everything. But I yes. in the sense that like this is something that is a huge part of our culture. It's a part of our economy. It is part of teens, the lives of young children. And it's negatively impacting how um, I think mental health with kids. So I think it is worthy of critique. And and this specific- It is the most worthy. And this specific aspect is putting yourself out there, taking pictures of yourself and then wanting validation from that. And I think that's a really slippery slope for some people who can't handle the like the mental health toll that comes with that. It's such a direct pipeline for like boosting self-esteem. And that is what I'm not comfortable with. Like call it cheap, quote unquote, call it whatever you want, which again, I don't like we don't feel comfortable like demonizing people like sex workers who like. But again, they know what they're fucking doing. You know, yeah, this is a, and again, this is not like a right or wrong. This isn't like a, oh, people who post on Instagram, like thirst traps who get attention, you know, whatever. It's, it's just a, a relevant, I don't know. I just feel like it's important to talk about the, these things. I think it's important to have a daily dose of, of skepticism. I think Sarah and I have a little bit too much skepticism about pretty much everything in our lives. Um, but I think just in general, like I really, um, you know, we were talking about last night about how millennials, specifically our age group, has over and over and over again been these test run guinea pigs, like lab rats for the next social media app. Yeah. So what face- have we gone through? MySpace? I went through Friendster, fucking MySpace, MyTopA. Mm-hmm. Remember that shit? Facebook. Mm hmm. Then there was that photo sharing app where it was just photos, a Fokia, I think, or something where it was just photos. And then then that was when comments started. People write anonymous comments. Yeah. Yes. Instagram, obviously. Snapchat. Snapchat. uh, What was that one that was like Vine? Mm -hmm. Like, and like, I kind of am like kind of proud because like when I'm like old and ancient, I I will literally be like, I was the first one on these apps. I was I was on OkCupid. Yeah, I was on Tinder. I was probably in the first lot of like yeah. one thousand people on Tinder. Yeah, I remember that. Even though Grinder came out before, so I was not on Grinder. <laughs> but um, some of my peers were. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious. Would some you, of my contemporaries. Have were. you heard of or been on the app Be Real? No, I haven't even heard of it. Okay, no. so Be Real is this new. Form. Is it B-R-E-E-L? I'm going to die no. if that's it. Okay. <laughs> B-E period R-E-A-L. Oh, Be God. real. And it is a social media app okay. that um, will send you a ping notification oh, and God. you have 30 seconds to take a photo of exactly where you are and what you're doing. Why? There's no, here's it is. There's no filter. There's no editing. You have a little time. So right now it'd be this, like 
tea and recording, oh, right? God. Or it could be front-facing camera. It could be of you, whatever. What a waste and, of time. Sorry, continue. <laughs> okay. So, but it is in response to apps like Instagram that are so mm. highly curated that it's not actually an authentic moment in someone's time. Maybe some of it is. A lot of it isn't because there's so much so, editing that goes into it. So this is like almost like a cultural backlash. Yes. To, and it's yeah. what young kids are using. Younger kids. And it's, and then some people were saying how sick of, how sick young kids are of like inauthentic behavior online. So this is a it's response like a, it's to like it. It's like a weird movement in a way. That's but here's really the thing. Be real will lose all footing once it fucking takes in ads and money. I was going to say, once it's done. you get the economy, like the, once you get yeah, money into it, it's into done it. because people's motivations have drastically changed. Yes. Well, that's the thing going back to like the aspiration, the ambition is like being an influencer again. And what it is, it's just influencers it's just abroad getting term. attention and getting paid for it. But I also, again, just to kind of play devil's advocate, there are a lot of like licensed people being able to do their own yes. consulting essentially on YouTube and stuff like that. I think we shit on the ones that are more superficial. But there is some amazing content being created online. There amazing. is amazing and, content And it's online. also creating job opportunities for people like outside of traditional traditional Especially, workforce. Like I remember reading, this was like probably like four years ago, uh, reading about how, I mean, obviously for, for like septs, for like female like objectification purposes, obviously women have like the most like following mm-hmm. and sponsorship on Instagram, but also it's really allowed this like very interesting intersection of influencer and domesticity. So you see yeah. like s- women being able to like rear their children from home, mm-hmm. from their computers, from their phones, and like also like make a business out of keeping a home, which has always been. I think it's always it, been unpaid labor. Unpaid so, labor. Yeah. And in more recent years via like feminist movement, and I will say like I've been very critical of stay-at-home mothers as well like it is actually it's I find it really fascinating that it's a business uh things that we like keeping a home is so important we've seen that with the pandemic we've seen how important like people making home renovations we've been spending more time at home trying to make your home a sanctuary trying to obviously raise kids a whole nother next kind of level Mm -hmm. of that um but yeah, I find, yeah, again, like those kind of influencers. I mean, some of those mommy influencers are fucking annoying as that, fuck. Again, and it, we're, this, the pendulum is always, <laughs> it's going to swing in multiple directions because it's, this thing is not good or bad. It just is. And it's just mm, some, I, I, I will, I'll quickly say it's bad, but I, yeah. But I, but I think then, but there are, there is so much, there's a lot of good that's on it too. My, yeah. my problem with a lot of these sites is it's a breeding ground for comparison. Yes. And comparison, I want fair quotes, comparison's a thief of joy. Yes. It's this constant exposure to how other people are living and making you feel less than if you not everybody's going to feel less than we talked about emily mariko right and her like stylized clean minimal life it like pisses me off i know it does and (laughs) i know it does gil and it's 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 lifestyle porn so you get the whole other aspect of like you have like porn porn you've got like women selling their bodies and you've got like lifestyle porn she does a lot of the things that i've been doing for years and it pisses me off that like that she's getting oh my god can you believe that she's like chopping carrots and putting it in water yeah or like wrapping up her vegetables in paper towels so they don't get soggy i'm like bitch please i can't believe 
So like, and and she maintains this like perfectly white, you know. But here's the minimalist thing: ready? apartment at the same time. That's her job. Yeah, but fuck. It's her, her. job. Her, it's crazy. No, it's crazy so. that it's her home. Yeah, is her job. That's it. And yeah. what an insane way to yes. live in which yes. like your clean minimal space that you live and enjoy yeah. is also what you're getting paid for i mean but i would love to see her yelling at her partner her boyfriend whoever telling him to get the fuck out of the kitchen and get pick up his shit because she's about to shoot a video that's going to make her tons of money yeah and that's where, that is and, what we don't see i know and and the thing is like we're not entitled to see it, but we know it exists. So there's a level of discontent, which you're like, I, I'm so aware of how stylized this is. And I know this is your highlight reel. And I need some honesty so, piercing but, through. Wait, you know what's so funny yeah. though? When people who do that and then they do these like little blooper things, like she's like pulling out the cinnamon or something that's yeah. too much. She's like, oh my God. Yeah, and it like flies all over. Or like, you know, you open something and it spills yeah, and it's yeah, like yeah, yeah, face yeah. palm. Like, let yeah. me wipe this up. And I was like, Okay, that is just normal cooking. It's not yeah. a blooper. That's just like part of the process. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. you're right. Like it, it is now not only so highly curated, the mistakes yeah. are curated. Oh, right. The it's bloopers like, are then edited. Yes. Yeah. And it's, um, I, yeah. So I just, I can't stand. I just don't want to be someone who's constantly like judging, complaining stuff. That's what we're doing right now, girl. I know, but I feel like that ages you. I feel like it does. Well, we're too late. It's we're too late. late. It's too late I mean, to be we've sorry. Been complaining for like twenty minutes, <laughs> and we're gonna post this. No, I think um, I know. I think what's yeah. I think again. I, I think ultimately, if we zoom out, we are seeing again this mechanism of Instagram, which is like that Black Mirror episode mm-hmm. where it's like the not only is it like deep validation to your personal self and self-esteem and what that does to your psyche. It's also the whole monetary aspect of it. It's like people are literally like doing what they need to do to make money. Yeah. And it seems like if you're not set up for um, if you don't have the resources to completely like take a break from your day job and like commit yourself to this, like it's still not an even playing field. If you're not. Well, actually, I was going to say if you're not like so hot and attractive, but I have to say there are all kinds of influencers who have nothing. It's not about their looks. So here's what something they're doing. that I'm actually very pro. Yes. I really like older content creators. I'm talking like 50 plus and there's oh, not a ton shit. of them. Yeah. So the people who I um and Grace Grace our friend Grace had a client of hers oh. who she this I think it's her, the company's like Hello Socialize or something and she teaches older people like above <gasps> a certain age how to use TikTok and Instagram. Oh that's f- right? Cute. Because I think about like if my mom had a YouTube channel or Instagram account of things like, but she has a wealth of DIY. knowledge. Yes. My God, people. Yes. So like my dad, the things he could share and yeah. parents and like maybe might be scary yeah. to see them online. But I like, there's a yes. lot of older fashion content yes. creators. 
Um, there's, you know, Babs, brunch with Babs, like the, the stuff oh, that I she has that to share. Following that. Yeah. So, and because like maybe they feel more wholesome because they're older, but it's a different form of attention they're getting because also, it, you're kind of like respecting them, but also kind of going, oh, I don't know what also, it is. I like it because you see these like, oh my God, you see, well, well, actually just to kind of bounce off of that, you see a lot of these like younger, I was, I was thinking about the other day, how you see all these like super young girls now using rollers, which I'm doing in my mm-hmm. hair and I love them. And I saw one TikTok, and that's, de- that's definitely back as a beauty trend. Yeah. And it's, you see, it's so funny to watch these girls doing like really old fashioned methods. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it would also be really cool to see like an older person, maybe f- who lived in that time doing those like old fashioned methods. Like, too. can you imagine that the, 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 the content we could get from like some 60, 70 year olds, who yeah. the, the things they know, the things they do, yeah. the wisdom that they can share. And I maybe I'm like Sarah, romanticizing. It's time to quit our day jobs and put all our eggs in that basket. We are going to be. We're we are senior citizen content producers. <laughs> we are now producers of content for people. <laughs> what are you, 50 plus or 60 plus? I'd say 50 plus. Nah, 60 plus, 60 plus. Yeah. Um, 50 plus fine <laughs> yeah but maybe because the the type of attention they would mm. be getting or receive is like devoid of like using their body maybe i mean hey i've seen some older people online who are like working out and they're like no i'm fucking i look great and yeah this is how it is and like you can be this too yeah actually wait wait maybe we need hot older people yeah. online As an aspirational thing to be like, guess what? Don't be fucking afraid of getting older. You can still look great and feel great. That's what we need. We don't need 20-year-olds with their hot bodies. We need 60-year-olds with normal bodies who are, like, living their life feeling good. Normal bodies. I was going to say, because there are a lot of, like, really attractive, like, like, women with, like, like, completely gray hair and, like, older. But they're also, like, models. I know. know? We're like, get out of here. Yeah. (laughs) No. But I actually want to get, because we are the Mirandas, because we review Sex in the City... I do want to get back to talking about what where we kind of started with the conversation, which is like Sarah and I had like been talking about this, like almost this inferiority complex we have. It's 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 stupid, but it's like I will call myself out on it. Inferiority or superior? Sorry, sorry. Superiority complex where it's like we feel because I've been through we've been through the trenches have, have had lots of bad sex, a fair amount of sexual partners. I, and I'll admit, will look at people who might not have had as many sexual partners and think like, well, what do we think? I don't know. Like, well, we, we, we had the comparison of, of let's try and the entry point can be here. Yeah. We compared it to somebody who's traveled a lot and somebody who's never left the country. Yes. And there's yeah. an imbalance there because one person has experienced such vastly different things. It doesn't make them like better or more of like a, you know, a whole person, but it does make the playing field of like sharing experiences and connection a little off. Different. Different. So if yeah. you've, if, it's kind of like if you have a partner, mm. like let's say you have two people in a relationship and one person has mm. had like an insane amount of sexual experiences and mm. one person hasn't, there is an imbalance. And it doesn't necessarily mean that that one person had so many experiences is better at sex, has had good sex. It's just different. Yes. And so we've talked about this, you know, um, in relationships and in with friendships and just people in general, like you can sometimes connect more 
Um, especially when people have had like yeah. dip, like uh, a variety of dating experiences. Yeah. I um, mean, I think when you're single in your 20s, you kind of can gather up a lot of these experiences and it can create bonding with people. I've also, yeah, it's it's complicated because we were saying, but if you look at our personal stats, our personal metrics, like, yeah, I would say like 5% of, you know, the partners actually delivered a <laughs> good sexual experience. So it's quality over quantity in the end. Yeah. And so, and again, this doesn't matter if you've had sex with like 50 people or five people or, two, or like whatever. not two, yeah. whatever. This is not the numbers. It is something in which you can, I don't know, I guess it's a, a way to connect with people who also have had experiences like that. And, um, I guess, I guess what I do. I wonder like, why we, we, we were talking about this in the first place, because now it feels kind of silly. What do you think? No, I I, I think it's a, like, I stand by it. No, I stand I, by. I'm not going to like backtrack what we were talking about because we're like on a hot mic right now. No, like, but the, I, I, but sometimes I feel self-conscious about that where I feel um, like, no, yeah, no, I don't yeah. want to be shitty. I'm just saying I'm trying to admit that I can be like an arrogant asshole about thinking like oh like because i've but i think it's really coming from a place of yeah it sucked to be single and have bad sex yeah so i'm gonna fucking like i'm a warrior (laughs) kind of thing like yeah like i've been through it (laughs) you know yeah it's more of like i think it's made me very like have to be very resilient and it's had to make me really like and like really give myself a lot of pep talks and it's really made it I've had to work through a lot of obstacles and challenges and and dissatisfaction and I think sexually this goes back to what we were talking about with what are what are the metrics for good sex like which is incredibly subjective and on the show and on sex in the city they actually really show a lot of bad sex. And it's not yes. always because it's the exactly. mechanics yeah. of like what's physically happening, but it, a lot of it's the dynamic and power yes. dynamic between two people. Yeah. So you look at in the sense of like Samantha and the guy in the last episode when he asks her yeah. to get a whack. So now oh. he's commented on her body and her sexual organs. And that has completely changed the probably the sexual di- dynamic between those two people. And so she may be having physically good sex, but the, the sex, if you looked at it in a macro sense, which is like the power exchange between yes. two people physically, has been altered by something negative that he said. Yes. And a lot of the bad sex I've had has been because of the like the kind of the negative interpersonal oh emotional shit that's God. happened. And I and I guess like part of my argument, which again is yeah. flimsy. That's fine. Is, we like we like flimsy arguments. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Part of it is that I like is that like I feel like wow, like it's really like it kicks your ego. It like can hurt your feelings some, a comment like yeah that. and it but it makes you like have to be stronger and it makes you have to like self-reflect on like what kind of people you want to be around and so yeah. you can get into like a really like self-analytical kind of place like where through through a variety of sexual experiences yeah through a variety of terrible sexual experiences yeah and I, but i think because i because i think it really helps define what you like, what you don't like, what you'll accept, what you're willing to compromise on. And so it can kind of like, I'm not out here saying like, go have as much sex as possible because for some people that's not what they want. And that's, and that's okay. They don't, you don't, I wouldn't, I probably would tell younger girls like maybe slow down. Like you don't need to have like, I know. Cause I remember just, I don't think 
your sister listen your younger sister listens really to the podcast anymore. no i don't think she does <laughs> but, I, but i remember when she went off to college we're like why aren't you like going out and like yeah. hooking up <laughs> and then i think like, we're like well well <laughs> maybe go spend time with your girlfriends at home like that's really nice but maybe like do what you want do what you want yeah because whereas i think we were in a slightly different generation like even though it was only like like five years to age gap like I think in our generation, it was like, okay, you need to like accumulate partners in order to like body count, body, ca- <laughs> body count, as I guess Gen Z said, um, which I hate. <laughs> yeah. College is a very interesting time yeah. for um, sexual experiences and for exploration and to, um, I was in a relationship for like half of college. Yeah. So that. Yeah. Like was actually kind of wonderful in yeah. a lot of ways because it yeah. was my it's first like time like really around. connecting yeah. with somebody. Yeah. Um but I I think relationships are where you can really get into like exploring good sex with somebody. Because I think yes. for a lot of women, I'm not speaking for all women, yeah. um, you know, like Samantha probably wouldn't necessarily yeah. agree with this. Um, you know, having a deep connection with somebody can make you feel safer and more vulnerable. I I do want to say like when you were saying for you, when you look at your sexual experiences, it's been deep connection. You, you use the term connectedness Mm -hmm. and then, or connection. And then you went into deep connection. But for me, Mm. for me, for me, it's mere connection. Mm. So it can literally be like, we find the same TV show hilarious. That feels let's fuck. Let's let's, (laughs) Fuck. You like the office? Meet me at my place in 10. Literally. Yeah. You listen to that podcast too and you like loved every single part that I loved. There you go. Whereas <laughs> maybe in college when you're drinking, like it, it's just that you're uninhibited. And so your bodies are just like doing the movement. You know what I mean? It's not your that, brain. And that and like recently, like, you know, we were like in Vegas. I was in Vegas for a bachelorette party and like. I was, in, Keep I was in Vegas and I, you know, there was like cute guys flirting with and I, and I was flirting with and I was just like, yeah, but I need more from you. And what yeah. I, what I needed was like some sort of linchpin of connection, like something to kind of tether intrigue for me. I think as you get older, that is, I've always been that way though. Yeah. But, but I think, yeah. I think there are a lot of men who feel that way too. I think so too. Yeah, I think Ooh, so and I think a lot of men are deemed as like, if she's hot, I'm down. Yeah. And maybe they are. But I think to well, actually, no, we'd no, have to ask no, I, But I've heard like multiple times they were like, yeah, we had sex because she was hot. But like we didn't again because it was like I just felt like she was boring or there wasn't, you know, we should ask something there. I wish we could take a poll or, you know what, Jason, let's get on this data, buddy. What, how do people <laughs> define because saying Jason. good and bad sex is so subjective. It's to that, right? Like it is so subjective. Well, have you heard of the pizza metaphor that I heard from a guy like 12 years ago and I've never forgotten. What it. is it? For men, sex is like pizza. Even when it's bad, it's still pretty good. That's so funny. <laughs> uh, yeah. The problem is I have very low standards for pizza. Like, <laughs> like I'll eat any kind of pizza. And I was thinking like, you know, Dakota. Exactly. That's the point. I know. That's though, right? that's so funny. But like, so- you can have really. But that when that when it's like kind of hot cheese and like it's on bread. Sure. It's fine. It, like- <laughs> cheese bread sauce. Good. 
Um, like it's doing something. <laughs> but I'm curious if you were to look at overall trends amongst um, people our age or different age groups in which they're defining as good sex. What, like, cause is it, it's not just the act. There's like the, the frequency, the duration, like what's happening, who it's with. I, I just, there's so many different facets that go into it that are just, that aren't solely the mechanics of it. Um, and I think maybe there's like, I don't know, like we, we're speaking from our own like white female experience like there and that's all we have that's all we got i can't speak for anybody else and i also don't want to have to always be like let me try and speak for this group too we're just speaking from my experience but that being said i feel like i've never one of the most like confusing things like one of the most like kind of confusing things about sex Ooh. that i've or myths or i don't know what it is is which in sex in the city they constantly talk about is how, how long the guy can last. That It was like, oh, he lasted so long. Whereas I'm over here and I'm thrilled if they can finish in under 10 minutes. Oh, you're saying they can't last longer than 10 minutes. I don't want a guy who lasts two hours like on the on sex in the... What are you... What's what, you've got some sort of shit eating grin on your face. What are I'm, you saying? I'm saying that like... You know, I, I think back to the pelvic floor, back to the pelvic floor. No, I mean, I remember guys in college where it was like a minute, but that's the thing. It can't be. A, it can't be under a minute and that. But it can't be an hour. It can't be an hour. But like I find, but but, but maybe other cultures have a very like open kind of clear understanding. You're like, maybe the Kumasa Kuma Sutra Buddhists <laughs> love it for five hours, but not this girl. Right. No, I just find it. So every time on Sex in the City, it was like talking about how long he lasts i'm like are you kidding me like one i have shit to do two i get like really hungry and like want food in the morning and like i can't but at three it like hurts to have i lose pumping dis- at you for I- more than five minutes so i lose disinterest after about 10 or 15 minutes but here's the thing here's the thing we're kind of going into it and now i feel like i'm kind of getting a little too specific i could last for an hour Maybe two, but I'll say an hour of just like consistent foreplay. Oh, yes, 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 yes. We're t- are you talking about-, I was talking about intercourse, which yeah. is what they talk about on Sex Ex- in the City? No, no, exactly. And I'm like, you guys are insane. But the problem is, is that I think when people talk about sex, a lot of the times they're specifically talking about one specific act, which yeah. is like, and, and this is in he- yeah. heterosexual couples, it's yeah. like penis and vagina inside of it, right? Yes. Like, let me. I would love to ask a lot of women, like, what is their desired amount of time for that part of sex? Intercourse. And I, intercourse. And I almost wish that sex ed talked about all the other things that sex encompasses and can make oh my, good sex. I wish sex ed talked about anything. Any, anything. Even young because women you being able to, really, girls being able to masturbate You too. only really heard about that it's a penis going into the vagina. That's mm-hmm. it. And so that's Barely. How, like, we even had this conversation the other day. Barely. We were, we were talking about... Um, you know, did they or did they not have sex? And it was really solely defined by like, um, Wait, did he, I don't oh. remember what it was. <laughs> I know I don't, exactly. Yeah, I don't remember what it was. We were like, we were like, okay, we were talking about a scenario. But this is a super heteronormative perspective it's because a- if you looked at asked people who have like um, maybe lesbians or gay men, maybe more lesbians, I don't know. Well, I was going to say like, you know, in like, let's say non-heteronormative sexual like inter- like it's not intercourse, but in, in, in non-heteronormative sex, 
you don't need this like did it successfully have a touchdown in the end zone <laughs> aka penis inserted in the vagina to count as sex i personally have always counted sex as all of the attributes of being like aroused or in like but here's the thing touching we grew grew up with like the the base comparison first base second base third base home like we've now like stratified sex to the point where it's like (laughs) (laughs) where where you're like oh you only did this so check but you're not fully there like you're it's almost like a game in which like oh you have you made it to the final level um but we were saying in like a Let's just say a friend situation in which it was like unclear if they did have sex. It was like or lose their virginity because it was like technically there was a penis like touching the entrance of the vagina, but couldn't. Oh my god! I hope my mom. My mom is probably just like I hope she's turned it off at this point. Well, I actually have. I was gonna ask you. Have you heard? Now that we're like in it, like I never. First of all, I never in my life thought I would ever. Like, one, do a podcast. Three, like, actually talk about shit like this. Because I'm very, like... You're very private. I'm not someone who would ever post this on. Like, I'm no, ever online. In person, you will talk about you're very open. But, yeah. like, you're not... With I'm the same way. Gilly, we just eviscerated people for posting their bodies. And now we're like, did he put his penis in the <laughs> vagina? <laughs> like, how fucking hypocritical is it? Just because we don't have images. We're basically, like, eliciting <laughs> images in people's minds right now. We're, we're, are, we, are we sexually harassing people, insulting them with Their these ears. images? Well, I was going to say, okay, we're, we're here. We're here. Have you heard of the term, which I... Have you heard of the term edging? Really, of course. <laughs> I don't I don't live under a rock, right? Okay, I recently heard the term in less than 365 days and I love it. Yeah. Do you want to explain what it is? Edging is um that is how the when I think about sexual experiences I've had, it's been that. Good ones. Sorry. Good ones. So it's it, been so that. edging would be described as um delayed pleasure by yeah. um purposeful and mindful touch. So or lack yes. of touch. So in yes. if somebody was like masturbating, this is like a, not just like focusing on like getting to the <laughs> like that. Um <laughs> f- focusing on like getting to an orgasm, but like yeah. the journey and like the process of getting there yes. is delayed to then intensify that like end result. And, and in, a lot of it is for related yes and with and now so with that's for someone solo but within a couple that is then mindfully delaying an orgasm and like and like building up pleasure but it's not just delaying it it's not like you're like it's getting close to it then backing off exactly yeah. you're getting right to the edge there and I then say. you bring it back down and you bring it down. so you're like but you're in a state it's almost like ketosis for anyone who's on oh the my keto God. diet <laughs> I mean, it's ketones it's it's the ketones <laughs> for anyone who doesn't know what ketosis is <laughs> ketosis is when you get into like the fat burning zone in which you've basically cut out like glucose or sugar from your diet so that your body's relying on stored body fat. <laughs> okay. Now I want you to connect this to edging in like one smooth, swift move. All right. Get me there. <laughs> so your body reaches is now in the ketosis phase. Okay. Where it is relying on stored body fat for energy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can do it. You can get there. With edging, you are... Entering a zone in which you are highly, highly aroused mm-hmm. um, versus the glucose zone. 
I you were in a highly, highly yeah. a sexually aroused zone and you're staying in there mm. for an effect. Interesting. And the effect for ketosis is to burn fat. The effect for edging is to like really like <laughs> I don't know. And um maybe like, tap into a different form of sexual energy. No, it's I would I would say I was really helping you out there. I would say just like um you know, I I would say that just kind of taking it back, edging is when you're like in this very, very sexual state and like sex, you don't need, okay, you can climax, which I think the buildup would be even better, it sounds like, but even by merely being in that very, very aroused state, you're like having enjoyable sex. Wait, you're having enjoyable sex. Gilly. Oh my God. You're so right. But I also have to connect to Sex and the City. <laughs> Remember when Samantha dates that <laughs> yoga guy who doesn't want to ever have an orgasm? Oh, yeah. He ex- he's on Prozac. No, no, no. That's no. Charlotte's guy. No. Sam- the, 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 the fitness. No. He, he was, was a sex addict and he went on Prozac. No, no. That yes. was. No, Gilly. Okay. That was Charlotte's guy. And, and he's like, no, no, I'm just happier now without it. Samantha was that hot gym guy who she's like, he's like stretching her. He and he's was like. Also, he was the one on Prozac. Charlotte. Charlotte is. I am pulling out my phone they right They both now. had medicated guys. They No, both- he was spiritual. He was doing this for a spiritual thing of like, no, building up the tension is the oh, best thing for you. But he was a you. sex addict at one point, right? I mean. Uh, or he was just spiritual. <laughs> <laughs> and then remember at the end, thing. I remember at the end, Samantha is so annoyed by like the lack of like sex or something. Was he celibate? Fuck, maybe. He was okay, celibate. wait, wait, wait. wait a second. But I think he was up. celibate Samantha because he was like dates. having like, like probably what we're talking about, like not like fulfilling sexual experiences. Spiritually. Fuck. I have to find this. <laughs> oh, my God. Now I'm so annoyed. I have to find this. Wait, that was. And then she at the end, she's like in the yoga studio and she looks at the guy. She's like, want to fuck? He's like, what? Want to fuck? Yeah. Remember yeah, that yeah, one? Yeah, yeah. Um, regardless, I think Crazy, he, he talked about edging or maybe not having sex or sustaining whatever. He was talking about feeling human connection and yeah we're like kind of naked i guess and like feeling that human connection and like that that as ecstasy yeah where which which not to beat a dead horse but <laughs> <laughs> with edging you are experiencing ecstasy and if you climax great there's just no release in it you can release with edging oh really okay. yes 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 the whole point is that you're experiencing ecstasy Instead of oh, interesting. it being wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Interesting, okay. And that is can really be a great sexual experience because you're prolonging a really aroused state versus let me pleasure you, let me get you off, and then let you get me off. Okay, ready? Edging, Wikipedia. <laughs> Edging, peaking, or surfing hmm, is a sexual technique whereby an orgasm is controlled. It is practiced alone or with a partner and involves the maintenance of a high level of sexual yes. arousal for yes. an extended period without reaching climax. Exactly. So instead of like it being like, let me service you into climax and let you service me, mm. you guys both together mm-hmm. reach that arousal high ecstasy state. Mm-hmm. And then later you have one person because like so maybe this is a good technique for people who um maybe come too quickly 
Exactly. To extend pleasure for their partner. Yeah. Yeah. And so where they can get to that state, but then they're still. So what's interesting is that in sex in the city, which is a a problem that watching this at a young age. Wham, bam. Thank you, ma'am. Well, they do a simultaneous orgasm in almost every single episode. that, That takes work to do. That's happened once in my life, twice in my life. Twice. Simultaneous? Mm-hmm. Usually it's like one person first, the other person second. Or Which one is, person and I don't that's get it. Shit. No, <laughs> and again, the, the problem is when you're sold one narrative, then you think you're abnormal. And then you think, oh, yes. I'm not having good sex. It's not looking like how I think it should look. And how, like, granted, there are ways, especially if you have a partner who you're, like, you consistently see... We're, I mean, it's 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 a process. But a one-time, one-night stand? No, it's no, not happening. No, and you see that on the show all I know. the fucking time. And so this show does a lot of good with sex in which they're bringing certain conversations, but the representation of sex in the show is wildly inaccurate. It is. I've always thought it was so wildly inaccurate. Very inaccurate. And, and it's because I don't think at the time the point of the show was to show it. I think just the fact that they were talking about it, Women they felt like it was enough. About yeah. It. Yeah. But you see Miranda all the time with Steve, especially, but with other random partners have like simultaneous orgasm at the same time. And then yeah. they kind of peel off each other and are like, that was great. I you think know? it like, makes for because honestly, there's shows out now. Like, it's, that for it's, 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 it's probably just for like better TV in which yeah. it feels more complete. It feels like it's kind of a cheap way of showing sex and sexual pleasure. It's like checking off the um, box. But a lot of shows now they have. I think better writing, better ways of representing sex. They have like intimacy coordinators on sets that oh are like God, actually yeah. looking at it. Um, but yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. You just, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's, I, I mean, this morning has been a great conversation. I know. We, we haven't even had breakfast yet. No. What time is it? We, we, Ooh, love, one. we think Ooh. it's a great combo. Literally all the listeners turned up after one minute. <laughs> After they started, we should we should have talking. like we should have like in the in the caption for the episode like episode nets. If you want to learn about edging, like fast forward to like twenty eight minutes and three seconds. Oh my god! Stop it! <laughs> I know, but you know what though? This sir, this is our G talk. Yeah. So, so we we've always, as long time as friends, have loved just talking about random stuff. I don't even know where our conversation started. And, 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 it started with like, I think, no, we, we you wanted to talk about The Bachelor in Paradise this morning and yeah, we started talking yeah, about Instagram started. thoughts. That's yeah, what we're talking about. Instagram thoughts. But yeah, it's interesting because um, I, I, we don't, Sarah and I like aren't like professional podcasters. Like, as you guys know, when <laughs> that needed to be said, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say when the episode comes out, episode comes out it might be a tuesday it might be a sunday it's just and it might be at two in the morning it might be at 3 p.m in the afternoon when it comes out it comes out that's called edging all right (laughs) and we've been doing it this whole time with you that is the amateur porn hub tag okay (laughs) where it's just like you know we're just like we're just like normal, humble, everyday girl next doors, whatever the fuck. No, but we, I, yeah, again, 
what I'm trying to say is that <laughs> it's ketosis. we don't. It's ketosis. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is we don't know if you guys just want to hear about like a Sex in the City recap episode or if you enjoy these bonus episodes. You I know what? from our friends they enjoy the. Bonus I don't. Episodes. I think Cat because so Catherine's a big fan of the pod. She's my older sister, yeah. loyal fan. She likes when we. I think dedicate episodes like this where we're not, it's not about an episode. She's like, tangents are good when it's too random of a tangent. It, she says she wants us to get back to the show. Oh, so that's one viewer's, pers- listener's perspective. Yeah. Other people may like personal tangents. Yes. They may just be big fans of the show and they're like, come on, I'm here for Carrie and yeah. Big. We're not I'm here, here for edging. I'm here. <laughs> we're not here for edging, okay? <laughs> so I, yeah, anyway, we'll be back with another episode soon <laughs> do you do you think we should put a poll on instagram yes and, and ask people yes do, do you guys appreciate some like random off episodes like this and, yes. and, and but do you think they'll be honest because i i don't know i think our friends will be like yeah because <laughs> <laughs> guess what i see who's voting yeah we see who's voting and it's just people in our immediate friend group <laughs> keep going girls and then like keep... a random person here and there who we love honestly then, like, we love random, our friends like, old man who has like zero posts and like only follows <laughs> like girls women <laughs> no the for anybody who like reaches out to us like this woman robin reached out and oh, I, i'm not gonna nice. say last names or anything but i was like it was so nice to get a nice yeah, comment about really the pod nice. so thank you robin and um, we actually just shout out we just met up with audrey who was on this past episode yeah we met up with a fan also a guest two times over on in the pod person yeah it was great uh friday night at a yeah. bar in the west village it was so sex in the city yeah it was so cool to meet audrey in person because audrey had initially just reached out to us via email um about wanting to come on the podcast so if anyone wants to come on the podcast email like, us email us at the mirandas pod at gmail.com or, or DM us. Or DM us on Instagram. The Miranda's at, Pod. At the Miranda's Pod. We don't really care about the followers. I mean, I secretly do. But, like, it's not about followers. It's not about the metrics or it's the numbers. It's about the following. <laughs> no, it's really that we just, like, want to, like, engage with you. And, like, I would love to know, like, what the Gilly, hell you're thinking. <laughs> it is about like, connectedness. And about we're con- back to this goddamn word of connection. We just want to connect. I just want to watch... Like the same true crime documentary as you and fuck after. <laughs> and we're not talking about the podcast guests who are emailing now us. Or, back, or maybe not. Now we're back to edging. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, thank you guys for listening. We will be back with our regular scheduled Sex and the City, my motherboard myself. Next whenever. Week. Yeah, whenever. We don't know yet. <laughs> we don't know yet. And Stay uh, tuned. Stay with us. Please rate, review, subscribe, whatever the fuck. No, but we we love when people leave reviews. Um, it's Ideally positive, but... If, if there's positive. if there's feedback, please leave it. I mean, we've we've had a bad review that like made me cackle laugh. So like, I, you know, we welcome every we welcome feedback. we kind of welcome everything. I have a I'm very sensitive. Yeah, Sarah's sensitive, <laughs> <laughs> and I have a yeah. yeah. So okay, if um, you leave a bad review, make it funny. <laughs> <laughs> Um, she's in a tub it's mercury retrograde actually mercury retrograde for everyone knows ended at 2 a.m this morning and do you know what i'm feeling lighter and better so we were last night edging towards being out of retrograde (laughs) i love it all right so that's why we cried all right guys um we'll see you next week see you next week. bye our little edgers ew (laughs) bye our little ketones Bye. bye